because money is more powerful than the institutions, eventually the money uh, overtakes the institution and takes, uh, and the institution looks a lot like the institutions do now. They have to, they, they have to drive more and more coercion and control because the, the entire fabric of money is based on a lie. It's based on um, inflation is good for you. Hello and welcome to the Freedom Footprint Show. I'm your host, Luke the Pseudofin, and I'm here with Knuts von Holm, as always. And today we're excited to have as our guest, Jeff Booth, author of The Price of Tomorrow and all-around fantastic Bitcoiner. We're thrilled to have him on, and uh, I'll let Knuts do a little introduction. Yeah, uh, Jeff is, uh, to me, is like the big brother I never had. A uh, 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 Jeff and, and I spent uh, the last week, or last week, I guess, starting two weeks ago uh, in Amsterdam. We spent a lot of time together, and we traveled through Bulgaria together with a, a, a busload of other Bitcoiners. So we had a good time there. So we'll, we'll, uh, I guess, we'll just start this off and and uh, see where the conversation leads. Uh, thrilled to have Jeff on. Perfect. Let's bring him on. Jeff, hey thanks for joining us. Yeah, no problem at all. Good to see you. Good morning. <laughs> <laughs> Good afternoon. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, I guess you're back in Canada? I am. Yeah, got back on Tuesday night late. Yeah, and for those of you that don't know, uh, we were in Amsterdam together and then traveled through Bulgaria. And after that, I, I went to a conference in Prague while Jeff went to Edinburgh to uh, a conference that what, what was the name of that conference uh the bitcoin collective conference the bitcoin collective uh conference we saw a lot of clips from that on twitter it looked looked like a lot of fun and uh yeah and you were in logano as well maybe no no i can't no. i came home after that yeah oh yeah oh yeah uh, a whole bunch of others uh, are in logano at the moment i think it's the last day there today anyway uh what in uh, hindsight, like, what did you think of the conferences? Like, what, what was your experience, your main takeaway from, from those? Uh, my t main takeaway is how fast this is growing and how fast it's, uh, how, how fast people are becoming aware of, of the problem and how Bitcoin fixes the problem. Um, that, that obviously takes time. And in every conference, you meet different people or there are different levels of understanding along the way uh but just how the people you meet is are just incredible as you as you well know um and uh and so it, it feels this is unstoppable absolutely that's how i feel as well and uh the more i travel around and the more conferences i go to the more i realize how how bullshit the old borders and all the like different rules in different nations are it's it's just weird that we're we're still on a planet where we where we treat people differently because of their passport it's uh, it's it's very strange because people are people where wherever we go uh, 
Yeah, that, and that's that's one thing, and, and you know this really well, traveling through Bulgaria with me. It just it, it people are people, no matter what country you go to. Um, you see the the mostly people with similar hopes and dreams for the future. Um, and when you when you stop labeling them and you just move and have real real conversation with them, they look exactly like you. Exactly, and um, Bulgaria. It feels like nations are. At a certain stage, um, I feel like nations go to some sort of cycle where where they're more freedom loving in the beginning, and then uh, slowly but surely, uh, democracy turns more authoritarian, which is which is sad. But this seems to be the case, and the people in Eastern Europe they they seem to be more in the first phase, like since they 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 lived through communism as as children many of them and uh, like their parents lived through the end of communism and so they know what what too much authoritarianism can lead to and too little freedom can lead to so it feels like they they have not as much respect for authorities as we might have in the west uh what are your thoughts on that yeah um i would i would say the thing that you just talked about about um uh, opening up more free markets and then closing them down over time that that kind of the wave that happens through society that that wave as you well know is all about money um and and in and, and why because free markets outperform closed markets um on a long time frame you could you could do what china did and and create a whole bunch of uh, debt very quickly and then command and control and outperform for a while, but you can't do that on a long term time basis because what, by doing it, you remove the, all of the ideas from society. And those ideas are the things that create our future. So you, you have less ideas that compete against each other, but through the long history of time, that means that that opening up ideas through, through charters, bill of rights, uh, constitution give economies um, more more uh, more success and other words in other words our living standards rise as a result um, but because money is more powerful than the institutions eventually the money uh, overtakes the institution and takes uh, and the institution looks a lot like the institutions do now they have to they, they have to drive more and more coercion and control because the the entire fabric of money is based on a lie. It's based on um, inflation is good for you. It's based on a lie. So that has to happen through through time. And so what you're just describing is is throughout time, it's always looked like that for uh, for humans. Um, and and our history is filled with examples where we never had Bitcoin. We never had a decentralized and secure um, base layer. So we had to trust the institutions. It was the best way before today, before what's coming, to be able to organize organize human labor. Yeah, I totally agree, and um, it's like it's like what they describe the, the the Austrian thinkers of the middle of the last century. They they, they got this right, and uh, I've read up a lot on, on fraxiology the last couple of years, and uh, Mises and Rothbard and all of these thinkers. Uh, they sort of had it right uh, in describing what happens uh, through these waves, uh, but uh, it's it's a sad thing that 
people aren't aware that of this knowledge that that this has been predicted and uh, it can be avoided. Um, so why didn't they? So so now just go to the why that it didn't look like they got it right because they did get it right, and and why? Because money was more powerful than the idea, and and yeah. we will and we will and I'm not saying and I'm saying a broad we. Um, imagine trying to compete against an idea without the money, against an idea that says free money is okay for you. Um, and and you you get you you don't have the power over the the idea is more powerful, but there's no way to implement that idea. Um, and so so what ends up happening is that idea Austrian economics gets labeled a fringe um, a, a fringe type of movement and all the people in it get labeled fringe and they look like they look like they're insane to the rest of the world and for a while like that keen keynesian idea just keeps on moving until you hit that spot spot again and that's why that's specifically why um bitcoin is so powerful because we can't change it we would never have voted for it right or not enough people would have voted for it so it's imposed on us and through game, game mechanics. And we can't change that. because uh, As more and more people start using it, it makes it stronger for all of us without the ability to change it. Because without, without, that, without that security, without that rigid security about, about changing it, we would change it. If, we could, if, we, if, if somebody could control it, they would. History proves that. Yeah, and, and that's the saddest part. We we did all this to ourselves every time it happened because we trusted these institutions to do it for us, and thereby we we gave gave away too much power to the people that shouldn't have been in power in the first place. If a money can be corrupted by humans, it will be. Not it might yeah. be. It will be. Yes, uh, and yeah, that's why we're both so, or all three of us are so excited about this new unstoppable thing and when you say it's imposed on us uh, uh, uh i would add an asterisk to that, that and say that it's totally voluntary to 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 join the network and to what extent you choose to not uh to to join the network you can put one percent of your net worth into bitcoin and it's still better than having zero so you can at yeah. least have a look at what it, the future looks like and I should probably qualify that imposed on us. I mean, it imposes on us um, a system that we can't change the rules. And the people that are moving into that system, openly choosing to go into that system, are creating more value in that system, which brings, which, and every time you add somebody new to the system, it adds more value to all participants in the system. And in, um, and and makes that makes that stronger and stronger. But the system is 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 imposed on us. We cannot um, we we can't say, well, I want I um, I'm going to debase my currency. Nobody can nobody can do that. And so what that means is all of the um, all of the productivity gains that that we dr derive in the future flow broadly to society instead of or get concentrated by a very few at the top yeah and it, it's a beautiful thing to see to see it play out firsthand and we, we're we're like the first generation and like at the very forefront of this thing and we can see it just by how we interact with one another as bitcoiners and how how much better that world is that is one one of my key takeaways from from the conference is is like how 
optimistic they are about the future instead of like focusing on this because everyone in the all the conferences are very aware where what the alternative is with CBDCs and uh, CCP style constant boot to the face dystopia like nobody wants that but if you know Bitcoin deep enough you know you know that you have an alternative and that it doesn't have to be that way a nonviolent non nonviolent protest that all you have to do is 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 walk across the bridge all it takes is curiosity and an open mind and to to see yeah. the truth yes an open mind uh, one of my favorite quotes machines is uh, a fantasy author called Terry Pratchett do you know of him he wrote yeah, this world no one's uh, one of my favorite quotes of his is like uh, the the problem with an open mind is that people will come along and try to put stuff in it <laughs> and, uh, and I, I think that perfectly describes uh, all the noise uh, that that gets you know dumped into our open minds all the time and we're led to believe that all these shit coins and other alternatives have any value and uh, you recently wrote an article about that the uh, how to find signal in a noisy world uh, could you describe that and what what that is about yeah the the article is really about um why if if what was it what why if what we know is happening um that 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 you're in this transition why that would be confusion confusing to most people in the world um and and first off technology generally is confusing most people don't realize even though it gives them value they don't realize how much value and how their minds will change to use the new technology until it's in front of them and they can't see it until it's delivered i use the example all the time i loved my blackberry i was convinced i would never change out of my blackberry until the moment the iPhone was in front of me, and then I dropped my uh, my BlackBerry, and I couldn't have predicted that behavior before it was in front of me. So, if as a as a derivative of that, how could any central bank control predict all behavior of everything in the in the market um, before it's there? It's impossible. So, um, but but what, one of the things so in that article was if technology is hard to understand protocols are extraordinarily hard to understand so so and why protocols are hard to understand is you don't understand what's available to the next layer until until um, until the layers there so tcpip was was by darpa in the in the 60s late 60s but it wasn't to layer 4 http that it connected the world wide web um, through a hyperlinking and remember that's layer 4 that's 30 years until layer four. Um, and then on, and, and why is because those protocol layers harden and they have to be hard, they have to harden to be able to, because if they're fragile at the bottom, everything fa uh, fails. And then they develop uh, 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 in layers and you can't see what's available on the next layer until it's there in front of you. Um, and even in 1989, at the dawn of the, of the internet, most people would have looked at that and said, "This is this is a joke. There's nothing here." Um, and look what. And, and then it took ten years till '99, even and, and more. Google didn't even start till 2000, right? Until some of the value started really accelerating. On top of that, and and that protocol stack is what we use today for large this this Zoom call, just about everything. Yeah. And so so, and again, we can't predict what's coming. 
until we predict looking backwards. We don't predict looking forward what's coming and we easily fall into that trap. So, so you have this really interesting technology that is not just a technology, it's a protocol stack called Bitcoin. Um, and, and the first layer is, is, is that decentralization secure layer that we, many people call the, the asset, the pristine collateral of Bitcoin. And, you, um, and then you have an existing system that all money is, is information. We don't actually want more money. We want more of what the carrying capacity of that money, the feelings of that money buy for us. Feelings of safety for our family, feelings of freedom, freedom, feelings of, 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 of legacy. If I have enough money, I can give my entire family when I die. So they'll always talk about me. So it's the feeling that you describe to money that is actually what you're talking about. It's not money itself. Money is just information. And if it wasn't just information, a Venezuelan boulevard would be just as equal to a U.S. dollar. Right. So it's just information carrying the feeling. Um, so what would happen if, if in the world of, of a new system emerging on a protocol, that the existing system had to apply misinformation to money? And what, and, and what I described in the article was that misinformation must be amplified through society. And everybody would be looking through that misinformation, thinking they had perfect information. And that's where you get these conspiracy theories. Some might be right. Some of the conspiracy theories might be right. Some might be wrong. But everybody thinks they have better, more unique knowledge than somebody else. And and um, and it's all a derivative of when you have misinformation and money, and 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 that holds us together through the division of labor. Um, it is what connects us that trade all around the world. When you have misinformation in that, you must, as a byproduct, have misinformation everywhere. And so we, but we measure a system from a system. So we're measuring everything. Our houses are in that system. Our jobs are in that system. Climate change is in that system, <laughs> right? The, and I know you know all of this, but, but when you're, but when you're reinforcing that system and all of these ideas, you're actually making the system worse because it relies on more and more misinformation and, and money, more and more essentially allowing somebody to print, press a button and destroy your currency. Yeah, we, we become involuntary liars. We lie to others and we lie to our, ourselves through yeah. a, a distorted price signal. And yeah. it, it, it really is that simple. It's really uh, that simple, really that simple, but it's hard to see. It's hard to see because, uh, and, and there's a lot of people in that system that don't that you just nailed it. That don't realize they're lying to themselves. No, um, and, and but if you pull out, that's why I did it with the article. If you understand that money is just information, and then you then you realize, is it okay to distort that information? What would happen if you distorted that information? Then people can see themselves in the misinformation and hopefully start to understand what's happening in the new is a new system is emerging alongside that or be, beside outside of that system. Yeah. Uh, th th this is by the way, the, the, I think, as you know, I think about this every day and, and I know. The, the, the flip side of that coin is so optimistic to me because it means like that what we're living in now, when we say misinformation and lying to others and lying to ourselves, 
what we're effectively doing each time we use a euro or a dollar or a yuan to pay for anything we're stealing from our children and from their generation uh, because they have to accumulate more debt so so we're we're borrowing from our children and yeah, borrowing is it's, the wrong it's, word. Yeah, it's it's actually it's way worse than that. Yeah, it's what we're what we're actually doing is driving the world to a precipice of of you to take the world to war because 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 it's easier to believe like what we just described there, what we were talking about there, that misinformation, because people don't see it every day. They don't understand the plumbing of how a system works. They don't understand the plumbing of how how the existing system works. And they sure don't understand how the plumbing of the new system at Bitcoin works. So we we get value from what's on top of the plumbing, right? So we get value from everything built on top of the plumbing. So when the plumbing has misinformation in it, or when the, nobody wants to look at that level because it's too complicated, they trust other people, and that means it's way easier to divide other people and say it's that person's fault. It's that person's fault, or my group is better than that group, in-group and out-group bias. And it's and because that's easier, we become victims to to that 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 control of of electing new leaders, new faces who will divide us from other from other people on this planet, first in our own country and then other people in other countries, to be able to try to retain power of continued misinformation. Yeah. And so that takes a it takes the world down a, a really terrible path when we're all connected. We're all connected all over the world, and um, we're connected through that through that division of labor. And and so uh, so if we're not connected, just imagine yourself trying to do everything that you take for granted in your life to be able to to like look around the room you're in, uh, you know, and you, you know this, right? Like, look at all of these things. Look at all these things we take for granted. If you had to try to do, create all of those things yourself, it would take 20 yeah. lifetimes. There are two, two uh, talks come to mind. Uh, one, there's a TED talk about a guy that tried to make a toaster from scratch, like mining the iron ore and like yeah. melting it down, melting it down and trying to make a toaster from scratch it took him it took him like eight eight years or something right and the, the other one is milton friedman's classic uh, speech about the the, the pencil, pencil and how yeah. how how all the components in the pencil came from different continents and that well, there were no central planners involved whatsoever it was just supply and demand and the, uh, the division of labor and the free market doing its thing that made that pencil come to be and I, I find this extremely fascinating. And uh, as I said before, the flip side of the coin of every transaction being part, partially, at least partially, a, a lie. Uh, in in Bitcoin, the the very opposite is true. So uh, so you're forced to be truthful to others, but you're also forced to be truthful to yourself. And I. Hanging out with Bitcoiners, you see it in every Bitcoiner. They take care of their vices and they become better people. They're, they're, uh, you can see uh, Bitcoiners are not not in it for just some some quick quick party and buying Lambos and stuff. You see, you can really see this lowered time preference within the, the Bitcoin space and how they really start families and think about their future. And I think there's so much there, so it gives me a lot of hope. Yeah, I agree. I, I agree with you, and I want to maybe be careful about 
labeling like because in in any group you're going to have different people with different understanding and you're going Absolutely. to have some some great people some great people and some not not so great people in any group um and but i will totally agree with you on on what the majority of what you see in bitcoin as they come as people come to understand it is you see integrity you see uh, you, you see hopefulness you see you see people that want to make a positive change in the world and uh, and and are making a positive change in the world yeah i i see open minds but with intellectual honesty and the way i see it an open mind is worthless if you're not intellectually honest at the same time yeah um and that i i know we've been talking about this a lot but you often talk about a bridge to the other side um uh, and what it, what is your vision of what that other side looks like like yeah so so i think first uh, because some people might have not have heard this on your show so so i one of the things i think about is um, or a, a way to explain this is if you were in, if you were in Sears, um, as an executive in Sears from 95 to 2010. Yeah. For, for Europe, Europeans that are listening, uh, yeah. Sears was a big retail chain in the U S right. Um, one, yeah. One of the largest second like, to, uh, like Walmart. No, yeah. No. If you were in, if you were in Sears as an executive during that time, you would have seen a world that was collapsing. Right? And it was getting harder and harder and harder. And the more you were pushing, the harder it got. And if you were an, a, a, an executive in Amazon at the same time, you would have seen a world of growth and hope and it's exciting. And so those two, same world, two different frames of view. And depending which one you were in, you saw collapse or hope. And, and that's, that's at a company level. But what would happen at a monetary level that affected every other decision on the planet? That's what's happening at Bitcoin. And so two frames of view, one hopeful, abundant, um, and growing, uh, growing fast, and then, and, and then one collapsing and getting worse and worse and worse. And the people that are racing and giving more power to the one that's collapsing are, are actually making the one collapsing stronger in control over them. And the people that are just walking across the bridge um, to, to Bitcoin are making that system stronger. Um, and, and, and if, if Sears had failed in 99, people would have really cared when Sears failed later on in 2010 or so, nobody cared because, yeah. because the new transition to the new system was more complete and they were getting more value in the new system. So that's what's happening today on that's what's happening uh, today on, uh, Bitcoin. One, one important thing um tied to this uh and all um in uh, in technology or all most of the public companies in technology uh, about 70 percent of the value of the technology is driven uh, derived from a network effect so um and a network of effect is defined uh, many people make a mistake on on defining it they think it's growth um and a network effect is defined as every every user in the network makes the network stronger for all other users. Yeah. And so for a long time, um, you had a network effect in, in the U S dollar. There was a really powerful network effect that actually did that for the most part did that 
right? You could say it didn't for Africa, it didn't for South America, but for, for, for many users of that system, it made the network stronger for all other users, which now is going in reverse. Every user makes the system weaker. And you have a, you have a network effect on Bitcoin and Lightning and everything that's building on top that literally every single person is making the network stronger for every other person. And so that transition, and that's why it's unstoppable because it, deri it derives so much value to us over time. And well, depending on your view of that, if you haven't experienced it, you would say, oh, that's, that's a Ponzi scheme. But if you experience a transaction and how easy that is and how fast that is, and you know, you can transact with anybody you want outside of a system, you can peer to peer uh, money anywhere in the world. Um, it's, it's amazing. And then you'd say, well, how many people, um, how many people are uh, accept Bitcoin? And you'd say, oh, well, not that many. But what you you fail to recognize is every person that takes Bitcoin is uh, is reducing their their visa transaction costs by by um, three or two and a half to five percent. So they're increasing their uh, they're in they're increasing their margin, and so there's value. And as they do it. They create more value for all other people on the network in the form of more trade between the network. It's explosive and it's happening all around the world. And, and so you, th these are uh, re really powerful changes. And, and then if you kept going, uh, if you kept going from, um, from there, um, the, the network effects typically die eventually because of centralization. Because once you centralize control into an organization, the organization has to has to sacrifice some people for the core. Right? So if you looked at Google or YouTube or any of these networks, or Facebook, you, or PayPal, they're actually trying to stop people from transacting or taking people off of their network, and so people start to get mad. <laughs> so it it doesn't satisfy the every user makes the user network stronger for uh, for all other users anymore and it in normally it would open up an opportunity for that monopoly to be disrupted by new technology that satisfies that again in bitcoin and this is a nuance that i don't think uh, uh, many know in the space it does the same thing but it keeps it all decentralized and secure and so it's it relies on decentralization so you don't get that monopoly power over us that can cha change the rules. So you have a network effect that literally could grow forever. Yeah, uh, I totally agree. And this is one of the, I've written a lot about this because I find it so fascinating. Uh, the, the uh, It's called Metcalfe's Law that states that the value of a communications network is equal to the square of its the number of users. If you have two telephones in a village, uh, you can call one person. If you have three telephones, you uh, three people can call two people. So, so, so it's the the, the uh, it grows exponentially, as you say. And the way I see it, like when you when you hit the uh, when all people on Earth are onboarded with Bitcoin, or like at least everyone with a with a smartphone. It doesn't stop there because then you have all the money in the world and then that gets funneled into Bitcoin. But it doesn't yeah. stop there either because then you have all the, the other value of all the other assets and you have a more and more productive world since you have a more well-oiled global free market machine, more division of labor, better everything. And it just doesn't stop. 
and I, I I'm, I'm think, thinking about this a lot, as you know, and uh, it, it, I, I just don't see an end point to hyper-Bitcoinization. Uh, no, it, 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 that's exactly it. It keeps going, and and so they're completely they're co completely mirror images of the world that we could live live in, and you know this, but completely mirror images. Technology is exploding; it's getting faster and faster. Eventually, there's going to be artificial and general intelligence, and that artificial general intelligence, you could say it's going to be ten years, fifteen years, twenty years, five years. Doesn't actually matter. The trend is towards it, and that um, and so that is efficiency gains at un unparalleled, productivity gains at unparalleled to what society's ever seen. And so in that world, you'd have to ask, um, and, and by the way, another track is robotics is moving in the same thing. Micro robotics, macro, when, you, when I say robotics, people will think, oh, the dogs with guns on, Boston Robotics, or the back-flipping robots. But, but every use case of robotics, from nanobots all the way up to all these different use cases is moving on the same general uh, trend. So, so now merge those two, artificial intelligence and ro uh, robotics, and ask yourself, at some time in the future that is trending there anyways, and it gets better, these things get better each year, what, what can you do better than that machine with general uh, purpose intelligence? Um, and you'll find very, very few things. I don't think there's all things, but I, but I think very few things. And so if you con concentrated all of that power by making prices go up, well, they should be coming down. Well, that, that, well, that productivity should be reducing our need to work through, through the productivity gains reaching society. Then you have a very dystopian world controlled by one, two, people people i suspect it would never get there because we would destroy our world before it got there because of because of that fight um but the opposite the inverse of that so that's one one path and it is the path we are on right now from the, the existing financial system and the inverse of that is bitcoin and the inverse of that is the productivity gains from all of that development flow to us and we control it and we control it, and our and 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 we get most things in our life become free. Yeah, it's it's totally mind blowing because it's literally one divided by hyperinflation. It's hyperinflation. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so so uh, yeah, uh, about networks effect. If you look back at the, like, I, I think it took the the TV uh, fifty years to reach one billion one billion users. Uh, radio like 75 years and the internet like four years and then Google and Facebook two years so 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 each each time this happens it goes faster and faster because we're building on we're standing on the shoulders of giants we're building on top of other networks the Pokemon go had uh, I, I think has the like the fastest fastest rise to 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 uh, I'm saying a billion users, but I, I think I mean 50 million users or something like right. that. I'm getting the numbers wrong, but it doesn't really matter. The point is that uh, when you're building these network effects on top of old networks effects, it goes faster and faster. And that's why, why I believe Lightning is such an undervalued technology, because it's building on top of something, on top of something, on top of something that is just bound to explode <laughs> uh, yeah. when it happens.
And, and just, and I think you, you probably heard me on Preston's podcast talk about this, and but you and I talked about it on, on the trip. But really, if you think about us as humans, we're a rung on an evolutionary ladder uh, searching for more energy storage and compute. And um, all we are is, and I say oh, maybe that's an oversimplification, but we're energy storage and compute with limited energy storage and compute. And how we link together to create a supercomputer is through that trust of division of labor. And, um, and, and, and you can prove it because, because where there's high trust and division of labor in free markets, the supercomputer has more power. And then if you added more people, more, the bigger cities have more supercompute because they have more, uh, they have, uh, have more of these ideas that are creating um, ideas and, and more value. So people move to the, uh, move to the cities and smaller towns don't historically didn't have as much supercompute because they weren't connected. And on the inverse of that, if you had a big city with no trust, you had no supercompute. And so we are energy, lim limited energy, limited storage, and limited uh, compute that link together through that trust to form a supercomputer. That's what we are on a search for more energy storage and, and, and compute. And as we, as, as we find more energy storage and compute, whether it's fire moving to coal to oil, higher utilize it to, to nuclear potentially next or wherever at we now our machines can do more than us and we become, and, and they free our time. And whether that's our machines in the industrial age doing more for us to free our time so we could have more leisure, um, and, or, or in storage, whether the Gutenberg printing press gives us an ability to extend our brains into storage, our limited storage into a book, that then we can massively increase storage. And then we have more brains that can look back on that storage. That's, that's what life is. And so when you said we stand on the shoulders of others, of course, because we are limited storage energy and compute on an ever increasing looking for more energy storage and compute to make to make our lives better. That's what life looks like. Yeah, uh, and, but if we continue building CBDCs up on central bank false promises, we're standing on the shoulders of midgets and not giants. <laughs> yeah, they can't. And that's actually why they can't work because of what I just said. Because, yeah. because if if I can't predict my behavior change from the uh, from from an iPhone from it um, and from an, from going to the iPhone, if I can't predict that, and then it was in development for three years before I even knew it was there, how could any central authority predict behavior change or what should be required for all society? And this is where you get into praxeology. Yeah. Um, uh, it, it's it's literally impossible. Living standards must go down as a consequence of, uh, of that. They have to because you don't have all of the idea generation that is creating um, uh, creating better lives for all of us. Yeah, all, all ships rise with the tide as the saying goes. Yeah, yeah. Goes. yeah the, only, the only way you can e equalize stuff is by chopping off people's legs and that's right. generally not a good thing. Yeah, and you uh, could, um, and in time, like if you could make that system work um, if you, if enough people bought into it. Like in in history, the pyramids were built under that system. Yeah. Right? That, uh, but it would have been it looked it would have looked really ugly for most people in that system. 
Yeah. I just saw, uh, speaking of the pyramids, I just saw a, head, uh, a headline about them that they, some, some researcher figured out that it was not, they were not built by slaves, but by state employees doing mandatory work. <laughs> and I, I found that. <laughs> I, just, I thought it was a perfect metaphor for what's yeah. so mi misunderstood in today's world. They think there's a distinction between the two. Like, uh, <laughs> it's, it's the exact same thing, of course, like mandatory work, but it, that is slavery. Yeah. So, but speaking of these, like, um, now when we have the internet and we have Bitcoin and all of this, this stuff, uh, you could view the whole world as a super city with uh, all this extra computes everywhere, and you don't really need to be in a big city in order to share the ideas with everyone else. And uh, we ended up on the island of Madeira in, in June, and we're yeah. working. We announced that project, the Free Madeira project, in uh, in Amsterdam, and we talked about it at the Liberty and Our Lifetime conference in Prague as well last week. Uh, so. How did you end up uh, in Madeira? I'm trying to still trying to figure out figure out how I ended up in Madeira, but I, I'd like to hear your story. How, how did you end up here, and what what, what do you see for this organization in the future? Um. So, yeah, it's, it's the serendipity of that. So, so Andre, uh, Andre, who uh, is Madeiran, um, prior to kind of. Uh, uh, prior to all of this, he just called me up one day or, or, or DM'd me and asked, Hey, I'd really like to translate your book into, into Portuguese. Uh, that be, and, and so I developed a relationship with him and said, Oh yeah, no problem. That'd be great. Um, and so we became friends through that. And then, that's then my, that's my story. Yeah. Um, <laughs> went on. Yeah. yeah and, 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 um, and, and it just shows how every single person, if you don't think you have, uh, if you don't think you have power to change things, then you're right. You don't. Um, if you uh, if you think you do, all it takes is a phone call. All it takes is uh, all it takes is actually trying to do something and push the world forward. So he did that. I, I didn't do that. He did that. Um, but we drove a connection between us. And then he said, "Where this is going, we need Madeira to take a lead." Um, and so he. Talk to the president about potentially what that would look like. And as he was talking to the president, he pulled in um, a bunch of Bitcoiners, you being one, Daniel Prince being an, a, another, to say, what would it look like if we brought the president to Bitcoin Miami? And what, um, what would, the, what would uh, that look like? And could we, could, could, we, could, we get the, could we get the president to understand why this is an imperative for Madeira and the world? Um, and through that conversation, the president and team came to, to Bitcoin Miami um, and, then, and then asked us to come back to, uh, uh, to Madeira to talk about what would a, what would a, how could we implement a strategy there that, uh, that, uh, that created Madeira as potentially a new Silicon Valley of the world. Um, and because today an island nation can compete with any other nation. Um, because of because you're, you have satellite communications, you, uh, you 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 have decentralized work. You don't have to be centralized in the biggest city anymore to be able to uh, 
to tie into the world's and uh, uh, the world's compute. And so, so he saw that and he understood that uh, Bitcoin um, isn't just it is a monetary network. It is going to be the new peer-to-peer -peer internet, internet. But it wasn't just that. It was there would be no way to to attract the best talent in the world building the new future, unless he was Bitcoin friendly. And so, and that was that was it, that became a requirement for Madeira. And so he uh, he got more and more involved and is really excited about the the project that's that's happening. And then, as a consequence of that, I've already set up a business in Madeira. Um, I um, I am looking to purchase in uh, in, in Madeira for now. Not uh, for now, probably not to live there, um, but certainly for geographical arbitrage. That uh, um, because the world's becoming a more risky place, and Madeira seems is, um, assuming that this keeps on moving forward seems like a really great place to be. Um, and so, uh, the. Yeah, just a really exciting time, and a really exciting time. The, the trip we were on with all of the Bitcoiners, Greg Foss, Larry Lepard, Obi, you, it was just, it, it, how, how can you not be excited when when you're getting to do this in the world and and, and make that make this change? I, I know, I'm, I'm on Madeira at the moment, uh, so and, and I'm just baffled by the quality of life here. It's so, it's so cozy. I, I went into a guitar shop the other day, a, a guitar workshop, and uh, the guy there was so friendly, and I got to try his handmade guitar and play for him and stuff. And like the people are so welcoming and friendly. And uh, uh, yeah, I paid for my coffee with sets the other day at the cafe close to where we lived and, and stuff. So I think there's there's hopefulness here, and uh, the the way I see it, we're 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 making. We're making this transition a little easier for a uh, local community, and by doing that, uh, the, this is something you all often talk about that that is hard to see. I think uh, even for me, it's hard to see too that we're we're setting an example for the rest of the world, because sometimes you feel so small and you feel like we're just this little group of enthusiasts and we're not doing anything. But then you realize that. Wow, people are people are listening to us. Things are happening, and yeah, yeah and if you see what we do, yeah, and if you tie into what we were talking about before about a network effect uh, um, and such, or a local re uh, region, if you, you take that phone example, if you and somebody else have a phone in a town, but or, or you and somebody else have a phone, but you the phone is somewhere way over the world, and there's only two people, you don't know that other person. The phone is useless to you. Right, because you don't know who else is on the other side, and the same thing on on why these trials like Bitcoin Beach becoming a peer to peer economy inside, and everybody's using it inside a small region. Now it can be this shining example of what could happen in all of El Salvador, and then as as El Salvador has success, massive success with it, and their GDP rises by ten and a half percent, and their tourism is off crazy, and then. Other other countries say, "Well, I want to emulate that success and bring it here," and 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 Madeira, that's what they can do for entire for all of Europe. They can have that Bitcoin Beach on a on a larger scale type of success, and and that what that means is it's not only going to be one coffee shop that allows it takes out. It's more and more will will implement it, and then people going there will say, "Wow, look at what's going on here," and what a great way of life. I'm going to move my business here. Yeah, and it will expand. And that's the thing. Um, 
if you if you want to help Bitcoin thrive in, in whatever community you're in, you don't have to orange bill all the coffee shops. If you orange bill one of them, all the Bitcoiners will end up there. <laughs> so true. And, it's so and, true. And, and then everyone else will take notice of that. So yeah. so uh, that's what we're, we're hoping for here, uh, short term. But uh, long term, I, I yeah, I truly believe this is inevitable. Because like if if I act as if Bitcoin exists, and if I act as Bitcoin as if Bitcoin is inevitable, I make it more inevitable yeah. by choosing to do that. But it's Pascal's wager actually works on Bitcoin because uh, <laughs> uh, all the developers and everything gain more power in the world by number go up technology, and number go yeah. up technology comes from us believers, for lack of a better word. word. So this, this well, what you're, yeah, what you're saying is like is is William Gibson's quote: "The future is already here; it's just not evenly distributed." Exactly. And so, so what we're seeing in Bitcoin is we're already seeing the future; it's just not yeah. evenly distributed. And and all of that hope, truth, hope, and abundance, and the feeling you get from other Bitcoiners is because because they want the rest of the world to see see what we see. Yeah, and uh, it truly feels like we're. <laughs> We're blessed with this fortunate position to be on the front row seat mm -hmm. uh, when this happens, and it's it's just I'm just thrilled to be a part of it and have all these conversations with all these great people all over the world. Yeah, we, I think I, th I think often about uh, ten years from now and looking back at these times and all yeah. the people all the people I've had uh, had a chance to connect with along the way and thinking what a ride. And, and and so I I get up every day thinking like not not forgetting it's a choice and I get to do this and it's the best choice in the world. Uh, absolutely, one hundred percent. And uh, as I see it, even if for some unforeseen black swan event, Bitcoin should disappear tomorrow, you don't disappear. Like all, yeah. all the other people, have, like the the network of people I'm connected to now is completely different from just a year back. And everyone can everyone can join. I mean, we're Bitcoiners are so friendly with their with their time. Just just reach out to a Bitcoiner on. Uh, well, be mindful of that so you don't over. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> we, we try to. We try to. We try. To, um, we try to be. That's a good point because, like, I I know what the flood feels like now, and it's 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 very humbling and it's very it's a very warm and fuzzy feeling but you have a limited time on this earth and yeah I think even, even on yeah even on Twitter these days um I use I think I used to see more of the tweets and now mm. um and now the algorithm I I don't see many of the inquiries to me so so it's hard to it's hard to know but so if anybody's listening it's not me I mean, not wanting to reach out sometimes times impaired, but uh, but but that's that's what what you deal with. <laughs> yeah, so so it, it's sort of impossible to reach Jeff on Twitter nowadays, but his phone number is. <laughs> <laughs> Your background blurt that out. Dude. Okay. Oh, that's yeah. a good thing. Yeah, that's a good thing. My background saved you there, Jeff. Yeah. Oh yes, Luke. Uh, yeah. Yeah, this sorry, has been. Uh, go, go carried away here. You have uh, any? 
further questions for Jeff? Well, no, this was excellent. Wow, wow. 50 minutes and uh, I didn't uh, <laughs> chime in once. And, and I think that's a good thing. The, the two of you talking together is uh, beautiful to see. Uh, I'd like to uh, quickly revisit one point you, you mentioned, Jeff, about kind of the unequal distribution of Bitcoin now. This is something that I've been thinking about, and I've also been seeing a little bit of talk on this on Twitter. How is this going to look like, do you think, when Bitcoin has properly distributed, but there is such a massive distribution for certain individuals, especially, give an example, Sailor having the 130,000 plus in MicroStrategy, yeah. etc. How do you think that looks? Luke, I'm glad you asked that, and um, because because I think that what you just uh, described is actually what holds a lot of people back from looking at Bitcoin, because what they think, what they believe falsely, is that 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 it just transfers transfers power to there are new overlords, and those people make all the rules. Yeah. But having having more Bitcoin um, doesn't give you any more power over the network. Um, so so uh, and. And so that, that that's, that's called a, proof of stake. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, um, and but more but more than that, over time, is you're not able to buy more Bitcoin because Bitcoin start running out. Is you're not able um, the over time that means the only way to accumulate more Bitcoin is provide value to other people. Mm. Um, and that's the more powerful thing. And that, and and so the. So what that means is if you just think today, there's 56 million millionaires in the world and there's 2,750 uh, billionaires. All of those people, the control function of the world today can't get a Bitcoin. Hmm. Um, right. and, so, and so now imagine Sailor who has 130,000 Bitcoin. And remember, those 130,000 are in his company. So they're broadly distributed to all of the people that are owners of the, uh, of the company um, through stock. But let's say a, an individual has a lot of Bitcoin. Now, how do you keep your Bitcoin? And, and because you still have to live, you still have to pay for things. And so you're distributing your Bitcoin constantly. Um, and you're uh, distributing it to people who provide you value. And let's say, let's say you wanted to do the inverse. I'm going to try to control other people. And let's say in a really extreme example of that control i am going to hire a standing army and i'm going to try to control control people well by hiring that standing army you're distributing all your bitcoin <laughs> and you're just you're giving away your you're giving away your control your supposed control control function so it naturally uh distributes over time um a couple other things tied to that there will be, I suspect, um, people levering to Bitcoin. But because Bitcoin is, and, and levering, applying debt uh, to Bitcoin, but because Bitcoin doesn't require debt for velocity of money, mm. what that means is, is in the free market, as prices are coming down, if you're leveraging your Bitcoin, you have either a usury interest rate Right, it's a staggering interest rate if you're taking um, if you're taking debt on debt on because mm. um, it, it keeps going up in re in real terms. Um, or and and on the other side of that transaction, it means many of those companies that you're trying to do that to will fail and you'll lose your Bitcoin. And so so not to say that people uh, won't do that, but there's so there's fear and greed drive any markets, and people are going to try to lever just like they did in the whole Luna collapse, just like Celsius, 
just that is going to be a natural part of a free market that more and more people are going to do that. But every flushing out of that fear and greed is going to further distribute Bitcoin. Uh, Bitcoin. You could uh, you could even look at core scientific today, right? Yeah. In the in Bitcoin mining space as an example, um, and 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 if you went back two years ago, people were worried about the centralizing function of of large cap miners because they would control it all. But they what they did is they misunderstood the network. And the mm-hmm. network, because of the difficulty al- algorithm, actually incents new people to come in. And it doesn't give any any existing control function to the large players. And if the large players lever kind of there to try to grow faster, they get wiped out. And so this network is so powerful in that way. Um, and and a, and a further one, and this is this is probably for the broad majority of of people that are looking at this in as from a system that is that is inverse. We know that uh, we know in economics that wages are sticky, right? Mm. So in economics, uh, because wages are sticky, that's why inflation works, right? So and what that means is wages don't go up as fast as inflation, um, and it means it means essentially wages people are getting uh, paid less in real terms to drive inflation that's why it works so some people are getting wage deflation um and so because wages are sticky so if there's an entire um uh research on wages are sticky and why they're re- uh, sticky on the way up and that's why you, inflation works wouldn't it also be true that wages are sticky on the way down and wouldn't it also be true that the same thing that wages being sticky is why that you consolidate all power in very few hands in monopolies and when you drive inflation? Wouldn't it be also true that wages being sticky on the way down because people don't want to get rid of their labor on as prices fall and they don't want to get they don't want to give lower wages as prices fall? Wouldn't it be also true that that, that would be a redistribution of wealth to the middle class and poor? From the same from the same function, and it is. It's just it's a mirror image of how the world works today, to a new to a new way that is very powerful. So I know that was a long answer to um, to to why these things keep getting that why this will be distributed broadly, but but it'll be distributed broadly, and there's no control over the existing network. Uh, I'd like to add a couple of points to that. First of all, my, my big smile in the beginning is because you unknowingly quoted my second book. <laughs> oh, it's okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that there's no other way of enriching yourself than providing something of value back. Uh, so, uh, and the, the, you can see this redistribution of wealth in blockchain data already. Uh, Bitcoin addresses with more 10,000 Bitcoins or more are shrinking in numbers, and Bitcoin addresses with one Bitcoin or less are growing in numbers which suggests that this redistribution is happening already. And just as you said, yeah, we have to we have to remember that the system we're living in now is a is funneling wealth from the masses to the few. So the inverse of that system would do the opposite naturally. Yeah. It would it, 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 and someone hoarding bitcoins is good for every other user because you make the the actual available bitcoins on the market scarcer and by doing that you increase the value of those bitcoins 
while you can't do anything without spending your stack, thereby enriching everyone else. So, uh, and, and this providing of value to one another being the only way, where everyone who's in Bitcoin is already experiencing exactly this. And that's why, why we, we can afford to be so optimistic. It's not because we, we became shit rich. It's because, because we realized that we don't need to spend that much money. We can, we can just <laughs> embrace uh, this thing and be more generous with our time and effort toward, our, toward uh, one another, and thereby living richer lives in terms of just the quality and the meaning of, of, of your existence. And uh, yeah, I, I, I find that endlessly fascinating. And uh, once once you see it, once you swallow the orange pill, you can't go back. There, it, no really, it really is. That's why, the, why, that's why the matrix is such an interesting example to this, because it really is what you just said, uh, you, um, and I think for people in Bitcoin, that's an important um, thing to realize in meeting other people where they are instead of where you are. Because when people are in the existing system, they can't see what you can see. And they're, they're in fear, they're in, in anxiety, they're in, um, it, and, and when you're in that type of headspace, you typically don't see all your options. You actually reinforce the, 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 the road in front of you. You don't see those options. So it, it, when you're yelling at those people, if Bitcoin's your ears are yelling, why don't you understand? It typically pushes those people away further because they don't understand. Um, yeah. And, uh, and so that, um, and, and, and we were all that person one time, right? Bitcoin is only what, 13 years old. We were all that person at one time and we didn't know this either. And we, and, and so it's, a, it, um, the other thing which I'm excited about is, um, what we're talking about right now is the plumbing level of both systems, right? We're talking about the, the plumbing level and nobody, it's really hard to, if you're really open and curious for me, I love understanding that at the first principles level on both systems and yeah. then understanding what, but I realize most of my friends don't want, don't care. Right, they don't. Most people they, don't give a shit about they, the plumbing. They, 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 <laughs> you derive value from the things that are built on top of the plumbing. Yeah, and so so today, um, and and so if that's the case, which it is the case, then then today, then it we're so early in the things derive that are going to derive value on top of the plumbing in Bitcoin. Lightning was an interaction that now stores could start to do it, but we're really early in that process. Um, Fediment. A um, bunch of the other companies that we're investing in are now making it ubiquitous and easier to be able to to derive value on top of the plumbing, um, and they're early in that progression. But if you're if you're investing in that space or getting to build, getting to focus where the builders are in that space, it's entire. It's you it, it cannot. It's impossible not to be really optimistic. It's incredible what's coming, and I liken it to investing and creating businesses early in the internet's growth. Um, it was a really exciting time because you got to see what was coming before it was largely widely available. And this is, this is a way more powerful. I know that the internet was extremely power profound in all of our lives. This is so much more profound. And then we're at the beginning. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
So 100 <laughs> percent. Uh, the the or the matrix metaphor is. Um, I I love it, of course, because it's it's very much akin to that. But the the, the thing that differentiates Bitcoin from the dystopian reality of matrix the matrix and when you actually see that the machines are running everything is that it's much more hopeful than on the nebuchadnezzar or whatever the, yeah, yeah that's right the, that's right the shit was called. Uh, it, there, there's no there's no going back there will there won't be a cipher that decides to go back and take the stake because stake yeah. tastes a lot better with other bitcoiners yeah uh, by the way, we, we were at that churrascaria yesterday, the, the one uh, on, on Madeira, the, yeah, just, yeah. just below Andres' office. <laughs> uh, nice. Yeah, so good. <laughs> so so there's a whole bunch of us here uh, now. We, we ordered the table for 12. We turned out to be 15, and they had a table for four. <laughs> but, but it worked out in the end. Awesome. So, yeah, that, oh, that's, that's a huge side note. But anyway, uh, Luke, do you have anything more to add? I think this was a spectacularly good conversation. Uh, we touched on all the points I, I hope we would. Uh, and, you know, I had a fantastic time with you in, in Amsterdam and especially in Bulgaria in that bus. I, I, I really so enjoyed fun. that a lot. And Bulgaria is such a fascinating country. If you ever get the chance to go there, please do, because like there's 8,000 years of history and uh, you can see the world through all these historical lenses and the ups and the downs of all the civilizations. It's just, yeah, every, everyone should visit an old communist country to see how, how bad that shit can go. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but yeah, the people were so friendly and, and they just a fascinating trip altogether. And the people in the bus too, of course, <laughs> especially <Right>. because <laughs> that, that was a wild ride. That was fun. Yeah, it was. And I really do think we should try to market I survived four days in a bus with Greg Foss t-shirts. <laughs> yeah. I think that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know at least 10 people that will buy them instantly. <laughs> How can you not come out of that by the day? He's the funniest guy. He's one of the funniest guys I've ever met. He's a truly guy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's so funny. And 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 extraordinarily big hearts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, no, it's just fantastic. So, Luke, do you have uh, any other questions for Jeff? This is no. I think I think this was a fantastic uh, conversation. Uh, I'm glad to have been here. Thanks uh, for your answer to that question, uh, Jeff. Uh, it gives me a lot to think about, and uh, I I hope uh, to continue these conversations uh, going forward. That's that's part of what the show is about uh, so thanks for joining us today it was uh, an honor thanks a lot for your time thanks luke really great meeting yeah we, we should also shamelessly shill all the stuff like freemadeira.com uh there you'll find all, all, all the information about the madeira project and also uh, the links to the youtube channels where the based in madeira podcast the first uh the first couple of Talks we had, uh, they're from June. The The first four episodes will be what, what we recorded in June while doing this think tank, think tank thing. Uh, and uh, there's also a movie coming up. Uh, Pleb Music is, and uh, uh, a bunch of others are, are making a documentary about our trip to Madeira. So there's a trailer for that. You can, you can 
you can YouTube search for a Bitcoin Madeira experiment or a Bitcoin Madeira, uh, and you'll probably find our talks there, uh, especially our Amsterdam talks. But we did one in in Prague as well, and uh, I'm sure you'll find the stuff if you're curious. Uh, we'll put it. We'll so, put it in the show notes. Yeah, excellent. Uh, forget we have show notes, but <laughs> yeah. And uh, where where can we find you, Jeff? Uh, apart from Twitter, at, at Jeff at Jeff Booth on Twitter is probably the best. Yeah, yeah. Um, the pr the price of tomorrow is also available in other languages through the Consensus Network, where you'll find my books as well. Uh, so, yeah. And this podcast is also uh, it's uh, this is the part of the Consensus Network uh, content rollout. They they did some uh, uh, shows a few years ago, but now Freedom Footprint is the first of uh, what we're hoping to be a new uh, a new line of uh of uh, youtube shows and podcasts uh, on consensus network so that's uh, also shout out to that and underwear uh yeah so uh maybe all right thanks a lot thanks guys see you next thanks time. Jeff. bye okay see ya okay this has been the freedom footprint show thanks for tuning in this has been a great episode and we'll talk to you next time Bye.